as far as my story, um, I, I really didn't know what was coming. Um, I had no idea what was in store for me. I, I liken it to uh, being on the Titanic just before the iceberg hits. The iceberg is off in the distance as sort of threatening and, and menacing presence. But I imagine uh, being on the Titanic and putting on your formal wear and you're sipping your gin and tonic or your martini completely oblivious to what might be in store for you. Um, and that's sort of how the story unfolds. Uh, I, I decided, um, maybe against my better judgment, to marry Deirdre for the second time. <laughs> the, the first time was a disaster, but I think, I think maybe what was motivating was, was that I wanted to fix, somehow guilt was propelling me forward, or the idea that maybe I could fix the disaster that was the last time. So I had agreed to marry Deirdre for the second time, and I found myself standing um, on a hot April day in uh, Palm Springs, California. Uh, you know, my, my feet, it's so hot that my feet were sticking to the asphalt as I walked into the courthouse, and you, you, you decide on your, uh, your uh, wedding, it's like picking off something off a menu, you just decide, I'll have service number three, and uh, no mementos of any kind, thank you very much, and that was sort of how we progressed. And, and this, the, the understanding was that I would also, in addition to marrying her, uh, I would move to the Midwest. And I would move to Holland, Michigan, which um, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with, right on Holland, Michigan. And she, thank you, all right. So she had, she had already accepted. She was a, I was a psychiatric social worker and I was working in Long Beach, California, commuting from Hollywood. So the juxtaposition between Hollywood and Holland can't be emphasized enough. So just hold that in your mind. And she was finishing up her PhD at UCLA. And she had, when you're in academia, you take the best job that comes along. You don't get to pick and choose as you would with, with other careers. So part of my motivation was that I wanted to support her. I wanted to try to make up for the last disaster. And I, I fuck it, I will move to the Midwest, um, be damned. And so I, I sort of, I married her with that assumption. having never seen uh, Holland, Michigan, no idea. <laughs> so she basically tried, she did the hard sell and, and the soft sell, and you know, it's great, it's cute, there's, you know, there's Chinese restaurants, you'll be able to get your records, there's record stores, there's bookstores, it's gonna be grand, you're gonna love it. So finally, at, at one point, the saner part of my brain, which rarely kicks in, actually kicked in and said, you know, you might wanna check this out before you commit, even though it was sort of a farce because I'd already sort of committed. So we're both on a budget, and we decide we'll take, well, we're gonna take the, you know, the cheapest flights we can get in, so we fly into Chicago, Illinois, which is weirdly as close as we could get to Holland, Michigan, um, and rented a car, which to me, we rented a foreign car, which to me, it was a Ford Taurus, a white Ford Taurus, which was bizarre. Um, uh, I'm a Volkswagen kind of guy. But anyway, so we drive the car to Holland, Michigan, a very pretty uneventful. But I'm noticing that they, they keep calling it summer, but it's gray and fucking freezing and um, flat. And it's just, it's, I'm, I'm just imagining in my, in my mind that they're like, they're pumping Prozac into the water supply to get the plants to grow and, the, and to keep the locals from slitting their throats. But so I'm driving along, I'm trying to be optimistic, I'm trying to be supportive, and, 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 and feeling that off in the distance is, is this iceberg that's looming ever closer and thinking that we'll see how this goes. So I'm, gonna, I'm giving it my best shot. So we, we make the drive uneventful, and, we, and I decide that we're going to 
rather than cold call the locals about, um, you know, I don't want to cold call locals to try to rent a place. I want a professional. I want, to, I want this to go as smoothly as possible. So we have an appointment with a realtor, and we meet him, and he's sort of the good old boy Midwestern type with the homemade haircut and uh, sort of the, the loose polo shirt and the baggy pleated pants. It's very superficially nice and, you know, whatever. And he gives us the, sort of, the, he's got some properties lined up and he gives us the cursory tour of Holland and he tells us that, you know, in 1847, Holland was settled by some, uh, some Christian, uh, some Dutch Christians in the Netherlands who I guess found it too freewheeling and uptight for their tastes. So they decided they would move to, um, to America and, and settle close to, uh, to Lake Michigan, which maybe they thought was the Pacific, I don't know, but um, it suited their purposes, and they, and they set that up, and um, that's all well and good, and you know, we do the, the cursory tour, and he starts showing us properties, and um, you know, the first one is, a, uh, is on a busy street with, a, with yellow vinyl siding, and I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I can't do yellow or Vinyl siding, if I get <laughs> so that was out. And, you know, and it was teeming with children, and it had like handprints on the walls, and it smelled really awful. The carpet was stained, and you know, it just was a disaster. So, we skipped on that one. The second one was a Victorian that had been carved up into little one-bedroom apartments, which it, it felt like uh, it felt like a flop house. And I don't know if, if you've ever seen Ironweed with uh, with Jack Nicholson and um, uh, I can't remember her name, but Meryl Streep. It's just really fucking awful. So I'm like, I don't think this is going to work either. And I, I'm beginning to suspect that he's setting us up for the final property, which was really awesome. So we drive up to the, it's, it's a red brick ranch house. And um, it's adorable. It's got hardwood floors and a fireplace and a screen and porch. And we've got our own little, little yard and a private beach. I'm like, this is amazing. I mean, in LA, I live in a $500 one bedroom in Hollywood with roaches and the guy next door was dealing meth and the guy across the street, I think it was just a crack house. And then I would go out in the morning on my way to my social work job and sweep the prostitutes off my car. And you know, there's an ever changing wall of graffiti between the two warring camps. And the, eventually they would just paint over it and it would start all over again. So I mean, I didn't realize at that time that I was actually living in paradise. But um, so I, we decide that, that we're going to take, we'll take the red brick ranch store, we'll sign up, you know, great, we're going we're gonna to do this, we sign the papers, we get the keys, we set the move-in date, it's all good. And then I find out later in the day that, that the lake that we're living on is, is called Lake Makatawa, and it's actually, it's a finger lake, or a little inlet off of Lake Michigan, and it's poisoned from decades of paper milling, so you can't, that basically, they said that if you swim in it, it's at your own risk, and don't eat any of the fish at all. Don't even think about it, which was fine, because I wanted to do neither of those things. Um, I, just, I just figured that I would just swim in the giant frozen lake and avoid the poison lake when I could. So that worked out, worked out perfectly well, and I was, I was still, still all good. So we decided that we're going to celebrate our, our victory, our Midwestern victory, by... Um, um, Getting some, you know, some Chinese food at the J Dragon and the best bottle of champagne that we can get. And, and at this point, you know, it's I've been getting sort of weird, you know, glances all day long. And I mean, it, it, I mean, you can tell. I don't have to explain this. You can tell by looking. I don't exactly fit in in Holland. White, you know, it's very white and it's very. It's very. It's an adorable town. It's cute. It's you know, white picket fences and 
white, white, white. Now, not everybody's white, and it's blonde hair and blue eyes. It has sort of a uh, children of the corn <laughs> to it. Sort of a, uh, if you imagine, uh, if you've seen Blue Velvet, it has that sort of undercurrent to it. So I don't, I don't, it, this is not, probably not a good match. But I'm, you know, and I'm looking and I'm like, people are kind of pinched and they don't really smile and they're, I'm getting sideways glances and it's like, it's just, it's as if they're, they won't smile. It's like they're just, um, it's as if their facial muscles are, have been uh, deteriorated over time, like the cables on a bridge from all the freezing and the thawing and the freezing and thawing. <laughs> and and they, they're, so, they're sort of, there's a very, um, it's like if they smiled, it would take a dollar out of their bank account. So that's fine. And I'm trying, it's not about me. I'm trying to be, I'm still trying to be optimistic and roll with this. So we decide, and of course, keeping in mind that at this point, I think the iceberg is moving way, way closer. Um, I can see it now. Um, so we decide we're gonna go to the grocery store and we're gonna get our champagne. And we've got our Chinese food, it's in, it's in the white Ford Taurus, and it's warm. And, and it, like I said, it, it's freezing, but fortunately, I was able to, um, I brought my $400 Yoji Yamamoto Couture gloves with me, which almost destroyed our first marriage, but I was able to, I was able to keep my mitts warm. And you know, I, I think that the people in Holland realize that um, despite my sweater and my summer parka, um, the sinner was in their midst. And it's, you know, it's all about context, because in Los Angeles, somebody like me is, I'm a dime a dozen. I mean, there's a million, I'm a freak among a sea of weirdos. But in Holland, I'm the Antichrist. I'm, I'm an affront to all things holy. Uh, I smoke, I drink, I swear, and worst of all, I'm an atheist. It's just, it's not a good, it's not a good match. So, so we, we get our, you know, we, we go to the store, a big box, the Meyer giant box store. Um, and we, and I walk in and I'm delighted because there's just booze aplenty, it's everywhere. <laughs> and so I, I grab the best bottle of champagne that I can find. And um, I'm, you know, Mark, we're very excited about, it. it's an adventure at this point, it's a little adventure. And I grab my champagne and I'm, you know, I'm walking, but you're just behind me and I'm walking up to the cashier and she looks at me and she, with this very pinched look um, that I just described, and she grabs the champagne bottle out of my hand. And she says to me, you can't buy alcohol on Sundays. So three's right there, and I'll give you a little backstory. In the Midwest, I don't know if it's everywhere, but it's in Ottawa County where Holland is, and I assume it's everywhere. There are things called blue laws. If any of you are from the Midwest, you are familiar with blue laws. Um, and it's complicated, so bear with me. Uh, on Sundays, if you go to a restaurant, you can have a hard liquor drink, but you can't have beer or wine. I don't understand the logic behind that. Uh, uh, during the week, you can't buy alcohol before noon. On Sundays, at a grocery store, you can't buy alcohol of any kind. So, I, I, and also I had learned while we were there that a few years earlier, you couldn't mow your lawn or play baseball on a Sunday, which was fine, I don't give a shit. I don't do any of these things. But still weird that, like, I don't understand why keeping your yard clean would keep you out of heaven, but that's, that's not my decision to make. So I'm, you know, I'm, so she grabs the wine bottle, or the champagne bottle out of my hand, and I, then I, I look at her and I say, you fascist. And then I look at Virgil and I'm like, I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm gonna live here. I, I no matter how much I love you, I, I can't do this. And I run, you know, Screaming, virtually out of the out of the uh, out of the store, to the horror of all the people 
in the, in the store because in Holland there's a few rules. Number one is if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. And I, I was neither. Uh, you don't you don't raise your voice, you don't swear in public, you don't show any emotion, and you certainly, unless you're the Antichrist, you don't scream at the blue-haired lady behind the counter at Meyer. You just don't do that. So I, I managed to find my way to the, uh, and it, apparently white Ford Tori are very popular. <laughs> and I was able to single mine out. And I, I at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm having a panic attack. And I, I'm beginning to realize that, that, like the people on the Titanic, I think about the time the water started to come in, the ship's tipping a little bit, that you know we're taking on water. And this is probably not the best decision you've ever made. Um, and I'm sitting there, and I'm you know choking back tears, and I'm I'm just I'm completely having a, a complete meltdown. I'm feeling, I'm feeling betrayed by her. Um, I'm feeling that I've betrayed myself that I didn't I didn't look out for what was I thought was my best interest. Um, and I, I just and I'm having this this sudden urge and this longing for home that I never really had before. Um, I never really felt that I had a home, and I but I knew that Holland. Michigan wasn't going to be it. Um, I just had that feeling, and I just, I, I just, I sat there, and and this waves of despair are coming over me, and I realized that um, that the ship was definitely taken on water, and that um, that uh, there was no way out. I mean, I, I'd already, I'd given notice on my apartment. I'd already quit my job. I canceled my gym membership, which was huge. And uh, you know, the movers were on the way and the boxes were being packed and I just I realized that um, there was no way out and I felt really trapped and I realized you know, I just I just knew at that moment that the ship was was taken on water and that it was uh, it was going down with me on it. Thank you. Oh,